We continue with this series on being rooted and grounded, and we've been looking at the historical documents of our church and just gleaning bits and pieces from it because that's, uh, they're way too much. So today, um, it's, it's a continuation of the Westminster Confession from the 1600s. And remember uh, last week that in the video we saw the, the person giving us the background so that it started with, um, with a commission to reform the Church of England. And it ended up not being that. There was a civil war that went on and it got lost in the shuffle there. But they produced a confession and a couple of catechisms and, and some other things out of it. And uh, today we get the shorter catechism, which is only about 115 questions. It's intended for children. Yeah. So we're only going to do one of them. But our text this morning comes from uh, the 11th chapter of Romans, verses 33 through 36. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been God's counselor or who has given a gift to God to receive a gift in return? For from God and through God and to God, all things are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen. I want to show you a video. I want you to listen carefully. It's a musician that I've uh, enjoyed over the years by the name of David Wilcox. It's a little song called Start With The Ending. And he is a, a storyteller. So he's going to tell two stories in the middle of it. Pay attention. about your restless doubt when there's no pretending the truth is safe to say start with the ending get it out of the way now there's no defending and no one has to win we start with the ending is the best way to something that you need the ways that you were too short-sighted get easier for you to see and after all the expectations shatter on the kitchen floor you just see another human suffering and you wonder what the war was for when there's no pretending the truth is safe to say we start with the end 
get it out of the way. Now there's no defending, and no one has to win. Start with the ending, it's the best way to begin. Well, I just got lucky, that's all. First time I was out on a date with this woman that I'm now so happy to be married to, I said something that pretty much ended it. I don't know why I said it, but, well, she asked. It is an interesting question for a first date. Nance said, so, Dave, tell me, how did your last few relationships end? Well, you can't answer that. I mean, I couldn't at the time. I, I had a lot of romantic patterns, and I mean, I knew that Nance would eventually find out about those patterns, but if I told her now, I wouldn't have a chance. And already I started to feel guilty, like, well, if I know how it's gonna turn out, is it fair to ask her to get involved with me? I was pretty sick of the patterns, too. So I just answered her question. I just kind of delivered the whole romantic resume right up front. And we had a great laugh about what a disaster it would have been for her if she had gotten involved with me. And I dropped her off at the end of the night and she said, that was fun, we should do that again. And I thought, what, end it again? Because it was over. It's been 20 years now that I've been with Nance. Keeps getting sweeter. I think it's because we started with the ending. Because now we're singing something like, Happy anniversary, darling. We go back a long, long time. I think about our lives together. I'm so grateful you are here in mine. I know you'll keep on changing. Moving in this dance with me I love the way we embrace the future And keep the past a memory So there's no defending That the old ways could remain we'll Start with the ending Things will never be the same Now there's no pretending And no one has to win We start with the best way to begin The best way The best way to begin No defending It's true Living the whole thing the other direction would probably be better what would happen if we lived our whole life starting with the ending? Die first, get that out of the way, and then you could enjoy your retirement, travel. I guess eventually you'd feel like giving something back. It's probably time to go to work, but that first day of work's kind of cool. You get a gold watch. Doesn't take long until you feel restless, though, like you need to change jobs. 
you start feeling like you need to be more sort of street level, you know, not up in that corner window. You just need to be in a service kind of job, you know? So you look around, eventually you find your true calling working in a summer camp. It's good. It's probably the pinnacle of your career. But when you decide that money's not that important, maybe it's time to give up on work. Because it's wisdom you're after, knowledge. So this would be a good time to go to college, right? So you go to college. Wow. Probably take enough drugs until you're ready for high school. But as you go through your education, you find yourself learning simpler and simpler things. So with that zen-like simplicity, you're learning language itself. Just how to say what you really mean. But then you realize that anything really worth speaking somehow can't be spoken. So you quit talking. It's not a big deal. You're taking yourself a lot lighter these days. Just a baby. But when you decide this whole incarnation is just too much of a burden, you decide to go out as a glimmer in someone's eye. Oh, that's a life well lived. Because you start with the ending. Die first. Get it out of the way. Pretending the truth is safe to say. Start with the ending, get it out of the way. Now there's no defending, no one has to win. Start with the ending, it's the best way, the best way to begin. The best way. That's so cool. Aww. <laughs> it was starting to feel magical. Shorter Catechism begins this way. What is the chief end of man, the chief end of humanity? Man's chief end, it says, is to glorify God and enjoy God forever. Our text, for from God and through God and to God are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen. Matthew 16 says this, that Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever would lose their life, whoever would save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. 
The way to glory is to begin with dying. It begins with the end. It's exactly what David Wilcox said. By the way, he'll be in concert at the Coach House in December. So uh, if you'd like to hear him. Uh, But the way to glory begins with dying. If we are in Christ, then we get there by participating in Jesus' death. Therefore, we get to participate in his life. But we're invited to come and die. That's the, that's the wonderful Christian message, isn't it? The gospel, come and die that you might live. If we're in Christ, then we participate in his death and, and death to our worldly ambitions and ways, death to our self-determination and our self-centeredness, death to thinking that we are the masters of our own souls. That somehow it's about us. When that takes place, then this resurrection life, this power, allows us to give glory to God. We can achieve our end at the beginning. So what is it to glorify God? C.S. Lewis puts it this way. He says, to please God... To be a real ingredient in the divine happiness. To be loved by God. Not merely pitied, but delighted in as an artist delights in their work. Or a parent in a child. It seems impossible. A weight or burden of glory which our thoughts can hardly sustain. But so it is. So glory is this sense that God allows us to be part of God's own happiness and joy as created beings. God wants to delight in us as an artist delights in their work or as a parent delights in their children. This last year, I had uh, two remarkable moments. I've had many of them along the way when it comes to my family. But but as you know, we we had a wedding in March. Our oldest daughter got married. And it was such a satisfying experience as a parent. It was so satisfying. We, We were there, and it's like the universe had fallen into place for a moment. It's not going to be without its difficulties and challenges. But for that time, it was the culmination of a lot of things. And we were so delighted in our children, in our daughter and her husband. It just felt right. And that was in March. In May, we got to participate 
in um, our daughter's graduation with her PhD. We flew back east and we got to participate in the different events and she got to speak on a, a, a baccalaureate and, and shared or whatever they call that thing there. They don't call it that, but, but before the graduation ceremony and we delighted in that. And then as she went up and was, they put a hood over her and, and, uh, and it's a pretty remarkable event and lots of people were there for her. We delighted in that moment. In fact, Dee and I turned to each other at about the same time and said, it feels just like the wedding. It was so important and such a critical thing. We delighted in our children. I know, I know those of you out there that have kids, it's a mixed bag sometimes. Sometimes it's delight and sometimes it's scratching. Where did they come from? And, um, but there's that sense we understand and long for being part of the delight. It gets expressed this way. When God looks at us and says, well done. Or it gets expressed in another way. When, when, when God says, you're my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. That's God's glory. And it happens when we die at the beginning. The interesting thing is in, in the book of Romans, it talks about the fact that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. I had a friend that did a, a, a musical montage of that with some voiceovers and and they said, the problem is that we get up there on that, we present our, our bodies to God, but we keep trying to crawl off that altar. We keep trying to crawl away from that moment where we surrender all. And we start claiming back the things that we had let go of. Glory does not happen through progress but by staying close to the end where we constantly exclaim and surrender, not my will, but thine be done. God, not my will, but your will be done. Not what I think your will is, but what it is. God, tell us, tell me. Discipleship is following Jesus to death that leads to life. Lewis will, in another place, will say, we must try as though everything depends on us. We need to work at that of the letting go as though everything depends on us. But he goes on and says, but we need to believe knowing that everything depends upon God. We're caught in this paradox Run till you're exhausted, and when you finally give up, God says, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment. You've been propping yourself up way too long. Life awaits you when you let go. 
It's not human wisdom or human paths or strategies that will result in God being glorified. When Jesus' life is our life, when Jesus' values are our values, when we see each other in this room as Jesus sees us and calls us beloved children and we actually have compassion for one another and love for one another, real honest love. 1 Corinthians 13, sound familiar? Love is patient and kind, doesn't rejoice in wrong. It doesn't needle and barb others. It doesn't talk people down. When Jesus' life is ours, when Jesus' values are ours, when Jesus' ways are our ways, when that takes place, our chief end is accomplished. It is shown, and God gets the glory. I don't have three steps to get there. I can't tell you what your next step is, except this. Wherever you would assert your own rights, wherever you would assert yourself and your wants, wherever you would assert your control over things, you know to let it go. You know now is the moment to say, not my will, but thine be done. My spiritual director gives me things along the way. And um, I've shared some of them with you. And, and uh, this last uh, week on Thursday, I, I met with him. We meet on the phone. And um, he, uh, he shared with me Psalm 16, a uh, translation by a person named um, Stephen Mitchell. Stephen's a, a New Testament theologian, a translator of, of uh, Scripture interesting person but he translates Psalm 16 this way it says unnameable God I feel you with me at every moment you are my food my drink my sunlight and the air I breathe you are the ground I have built on and the beauty that rejoices my heart. I give thanks to you at all times for lifting me from my confusion, for teaching me in the dark and showing me the path of life. I have come to the center of the universe. I rest in your perfect love, in your presence there is fullness of joy and blessedness forever and ever. You are my food, my drink, my sunlight, and the air that I breathe. I have come to the center of the universe.
when we die to our agendas, when we die to ourselves, we come to the center of the universe. We come to God. And we get to rest in God's perfect love. It's nothing you can achieve. It's nothing you can go get. It's a gift. And all that God asks is that you would surrender your life. Flannery O'Connor was asked once about writing. How, how did she do that? Great American author. She says, oh, it's simple. I just find a vein and cut it open. How do you follow Jesus? It's simple. Join him at the cross. And when you get ready to open your mouth and assert your will, be that little child in the song and just don't say anything. And let God be God. Resurrected life, glory, it is what you were made for. Pray with me. We might, it might be tricky because the band is going to think we ended a little early. So we're going to try to go get those people so they can join us for our last song. And then I'll pray for us as they come in. But they usually are close by. Thank you, Joetta. <laughs> All right, let's pray. We won't look at them when they walk in. God, we're grateful for this time and for the good news that really it's quite simple. This, this Christian life is something that we don't achieve. It's not something that we perfect. It's you that does the perfecting in us. You're the one that simply says, come to me, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Keep us close to that moment that we might be yours this day and all days. In Jesus' name, amen.